The Vision 2024 Forum is coming quickly on March 18th, and we're going to kick that off today on the latest episode of the Palmetto Family Matters Show with our friend, Congresswoman Tulsi Gabbard, right after this. And thank you all for tuning in, watching, and listening to the fastest-growing, strongest conservative talk show in the state of South Carolina, the Palmetto Family Matters Show. Justin Hall here with you, fresh off of a trip around the globe to the country of Israel. Wonderful trip, but glad to be back here stateside where I can read all the signage and not have to worry about exchanging currency. And what a better welcome home gift on the show than to have uh, Congresswoman Tulsi Gabbard joining us. Congresswoman? Great to have you on the show with us today. Aloha. Glad to be joining you. Of course. And uh, Tulsi will be joining us, if I can use on a first name basis now. Now that you're on the show, we can. Uh, she'll be joining us on March 18th at the North Charleston Convention Center for the Vision 24 Forum. Uh, doors open for that event at noon. Show kicks off at 1. We have a rock star lineup for you, not just Miss Gabbard here, but we also have... Uh, former Governor Nikki Haley, Senator Tim Scott, Senator John Kennedy, Marsha Blackburn, and others. We're very excited for that event. You want to get your tickets, palmettofamily.org. Click on the Vision 24 button, and you can get your tickets today. I think I got all the promo stuff out of the way, Congresswoman, so let's jump right in. For folks who don't know, um, of course, you do host your own show now, the Tulsi Gabbard Show, if I have the name of it right. I believe it's a pretty yes. name to remember. Um, and on your first episode, and we talked about it here on our show, you discussed your exit from the Democratic Party. Now, many may remember you did run for president on, on the Democratic side, um, and many remember a certain debate moment with now Vice President Kamala Harris. But you did run for president as a part of that party. If you can, for the folks who might not be aware, can you walk us through just a bit of why you chose to leave the Democratic Party that you'd been a part of for your political career? Yeah, for almost 20 years now. Uh, you know, back when I was 21 years old, ages and ages ago, uh, I was I decided to offer to serve my community by running for state house. And when I did so, I got the paperwork and I saw, oh, gosh, I need to choose. Am I going to check the Republican box or the Democrat box? And, you know, I, I have uh, always been an independent thinker and never really associated myself with any party. Just thought, well, hey, you know, I'll vote for someone based on their ideas and their principles, the issues, and not really based on party. But at this moment, I had to choose. And so when I looked at some of the leaders who inspired me and I respected both in Hawaii, leaders who uh, were fighting for working people, uh, really those who brought the Democratic Party to Hawaii uh, to be the voice for the people over the elite and the ultra wealthy, uh, but also national figures like JFK and uh, Reverend Martin Luther King, who taught a message of, of peace and inclusiveness, uh, freedom, civil liberties, and civil rights. And so for those reasons and others, I chose to become a Democrat. Fast forward 20 years later, where we stand now, the Democratic Party that I joined is, is gone. It's just gone. Instead, we have a Democratic Party today that's controlled by this elite cabal of warmongers, that is controlled by those who are driven by this radical woke agenda that spans just about every aspect of our life. Fundamentally, though, it undermines our, they are seeking to undermine our God given rights and freedoms, enshrined in the Constitution and Bill of Rights, whether it is 
uh, shoving this trans ideology down our throats and down our kids' throats in schools uh, or pushing it through sports. Or uh, you look at the weaponization of government, weaponization of these public institutions working through their their hand-in-glove method with corporate media and big tech to try to censor not only what we say, but even what information we're allowed to see. They target political opponents. Uh, I, I know because I've experienced some of this firsthand saying, uh, you know, this person is a, a Russian asset. This person is a traitor just because they don't like the things that I'm saying or uh, saying, well, they're spreading misinformation or disinformation uh, when in fact there is no proof of that. And what is misinformation and disinformation? Only those in power get to determine what mm -hmm. that is. There's there's a long laundry list of of examples I could cite about the insanity of the Democratic Party agenda of today, uh, I could not in good conscience continue to call myself a Democrat or associate myself with that party and so became an independent. And and what's interesting about that, I just want to touch on something really quickly. And I remember reading the quote that was given um, by former twice failed presidential candidate and secretary of state Hillary Clinton, where she called you a Russian asset. And I'm thinking, wait, hold on a second. This this woman serves in the military. I, I'm confused as to how just because she espouses some views that you might disagree with and may not fall perfectly in line with the party that you envision, suddenly she's a Russian asset, suddenly an operative, suddenly a trafficker of dis and misinformation, which we continue to change the definitions on those as much as we change the definition of what a woman is. Right. So how... How, what your reaction to that and what has been the reaction since you left the party? What have you seen? Ha, have the attacks continued uh, for you from from that side? What have you seen from even the other side? Again, you say you're an independent thinker, and I think that, that should be applauded. I, I think we need more independent thinkers, certainly in the political sphere. But what's been the reaction from both sides after after you leaving the party? And then, and then we'll jump into, as you mentioned, the woke ideologies. Well, you know, Hillary Clinton's um, accusation, baseless false accusation of me that somehow I'm a traitor to this country that I love and I'm willing to die for. Uh, when she levied that attack and smear attack on me, I was uh, was and still am serving as a soldier in the, the U.S. Army Reserves, uh, was then a member of Congress sitting on the armed services and foreign affairs committees having access in both of those roles to classified information. And so the, the attack that she levied made no sense. And frankly, it revealed uh, her own weakness of her position and those like her, they refused to have a debate or even a conversation based on substance, which I'm happy to do. I would debate Hillary Clinton anytime, anywhere. I would pay uh, for that. To, to, <laughs> to debate uh, our foreign policy. She advocates for war at every turn. I believe that war should be a last result. I, I'm a member of a military that should be trained and ready and equipped to defend our safety, security, and freedom of the American people. Uh, we should not be sending our military out on adventures around the world, toppling regimes, and frankly, uh, missions that undermine our own national security. So that's a conversation that should be had in this country between those who hold my view and those who hold the warmongering Hillary Clinton view, but she refuses to have it. And so many of the warmongers refuse to have it and instead simply result to throwing out these one-liners where they're a Russian asset or a Russian propagandist. You talk to 
people like uh, like Tom Massey in Congress right now. He's a friend of mine. He has been labeled as by some of his own colleagues as being part of the Russia caucus, all because what he says, hey, like Rand Paul, we should we should know how we're spent, how Ukraine is spending this over hundred billion dollars that, that we're sending there. So if you look at the attack that was levied on me by Hillary Clinton and others and similar attacks that have come since, frankly, it it is done as a means to try to sow suspicion and doubt in people's minds to try to undermine the credibility of any argument that I make against their position. And it's sent out as a warning to anyone who dares to question or to challenge the quote unquote establishment, which includes people, Mitt Romney has leveled the same attacks at me yes. as Hillary Clinton. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and so it is a warning. It is a warning that if you dare to challenge us, you will get the very same treatment that we're giving to Tulsi Gabbard. Which is concerning for her loving Americans. And I think exactly. it's important as we are the fastest growing and strongest conservative talk show in the state of South Carolina. That's mentioned number two, by the way, for those listening at home. Um, we, we, we are a nonpartisan organization here. Palmetto Family stands on biblical values, and we believe that we should have a state and a country where God is honored, religious freedom flourishes families thrive and life is cherished. That's what's important. Whether you're a yes. Democrat or a Republican, that's what you should be hoping for. Because as many people have said before me, a rising tide lifts all boats. The problem is when you have a ruling class that clamps down on all dissension, quote unquote, and alternative ideas, that begins to be a problem. Uh, I listen to Michael Knowles quite frequently, and he we've made the point now, and I think we can start to see it, that the only difference between a conspiracy theory and the truth is about six months and so as those in the ruling class continue to clamp down on free speech, it's becoming a problem, especially when not only is the ruling class clamping down, but they're also force feeding us some other uh, major lines that they want to pull. And, and a couple of those that our folks are well aware of, given what our organization does, we've talked about this on multiple occasions, the LGBTQIA plus minus division sign push is not just relegated to Washington, D.C. or California or New York. It's happening in red states like ours where you're seeing folks when we just had a bill introduced to stop drag shows for children. Children should not be exposed to drag shows. And immediately we're being told that, well, you're trying to eradicate people, transgender people. No, actually not. I just think the ideology is ridiculous. When it comes to the federal government push on this, especially now with the current administration pushing this at all costs, what can what can people listening, watching this, what would be your advice to them when it comes to fighting back against these ideologies that are being crammed against our will? Don't don't stand silently by and uh, complain in whispers to your friends who agree with you. It's hard and it takes courage and strength to lift our voices up against this powerful establishment that's pushing this radical so-called woke agenda on all of us. But the only way we stop them is by pointing out their insanity, vocally speaking up against it and the cost and consequences of it. You mentioned that legislation, I know South Carolina isn't the only state that's introduced legislation to ban drag shows from being brought to our kids, our young kids in schools 
this has nothing to do with decisions that adults make in their privacy of their homes or whatever they want to do in their own lives. This is about protecting our kids. Right. And just like I wouldn't want to have, uh, you know, a, a drag show uh, if my kid were in school, I also wouldn't want strippers in there. This has exactly. nothing to do with decisions that people make. It's about protecting our children, allowing them to continue to enjoy the innocence of childhood um, and, and leaving the, the, the moral values to parents to instill in their kids rather than to, to some teacher or, or some school. Uh, focus on the basics, focus on math and reading, writing, arithmetic, you know, and focus know. On, on graduating kids who are, are able to um, be successful in our side. We have, we have, I think the number, and I may be a little off, but I think the number of high school students who are functionally illiterate when they finish high school is around 50%. That should be disturbing to everyone. Right. So why are, why are they focusing on these other things when our taxpayer-funded public education system, which is a whole other topic of discussion, right. when it is, it is failing so spectacularly at, at providing the, the basic fundamentals of education? I think we've reached an impasse on certain things, Congresswoman, here in South Carolina back in October. We have like three different Pride Months here, apparently. But at one, just down the street from our office, it was a Pride. And again, whatever. I'm not I'm not going to be able to stop it. It's going to happen. The problem is there was a drag performer dancing on stage with a child. We -hmm. caught wind of the video, saw it from lips of TikTok, talked about it here on our show and were attacked, vilified. And the main charge was, it's the performer's child. And I said, well, that doesn't matter at all because no child should be expo- uh, to should be exposed to overtly sexual environments. It's wrong. Exactly. The child was four, maybe five. That's just wrong. And and you you put it plainly, it's it's not okay for a for a dad to take his seven year old son to a to an adult entertainment club. Exactly. Where it's all heteronormative, so to speak. Um, that's wrong too. I'm gonna speak out against that as much as I would the other. And I agree. What we see though, as as we begin to wrap up our time, and I want to get your thoughts on this, and this just came to me. We have serious issues. We have an, a land war in Europe for the first time in almost uh, in a half a century more than that actually um we have uh, an economy that is still in the gutter in terms of an inflation rate that's super high china floated a spy balloon right over our state by the way and you're welcome america because it got over myrtle beach and we ended it um so we have china invading our airspace we have uh, a train derailment in East Palestine that has endangered the health of people, Americans, uh, and and the president's nowhere to be found. And we have the land war in Europe. We have very serious problems going on in our country. And yet our leaders spend their time explaining to us uh, about yellow electric school buses about how the secretary of transportation is really good at his job because i don't know something um i don't know either i don't know either i really can't figure it out guy couldn't fill a pothole in south bend and we're entrusting him with everything oh we had massive uh shutdowns of our air system uh flying and southwest had the huge problem and 
all these other things, supply chain issues, all of this. And yet our government spends their time and our president specifically spends his time inviting folks to the White House to teach Americans what pronouns we should use. There's a disconnect here somewhere. You served in Congress. How big is the disconnect between those in the triangle and those outside of the triangle? It's, it's massive and it's growing uh, day by day, unfortunately. You know, th- this conversation that we're having right now, if you were to have it with some of my former colleagues in Congress, uh, it would be as though you were speaking a different language. Uh, they, they, it, there's some alternate reality that they are living in that is disconnected from the real world. And it's, it's unfortunate because these are the people who are making decisions that are impacting us and our communities right. and our country uh, every single day. Uh, I went out and spent a few days in East Palestine, Ohio, so I could see for myself the absolute catastrophe uh, of, of not only the accident itself, but really what we are going to, to see coming in, in the long-term impacts for the people in that community are, are going to be horrendous. And I, I had a conversation uh, the evening before I left with a guy named Rick. Literally, I was, I was standing there on the street talking to somebody. He pulled over to say hello and was just talking about the concerns for, for him and his family. Uh, are they going to be there for us when people start getting sick? And his frustration at the failure of leadership of the Biden administration and Secretary Buttigieg. At the end of the conversation, uh, Justin, he kind of just, he sighed and he shrugged his shoulders and he said, well, I guess the only thing we can do is vote. And I looked into his eyes and I said, Rick, yes, the thing that we must do is vote. Uh, It's so easy for us to feel disheartened and and hopeless as though our voice and our vote don't matter and won't make a difference but the reality is these are the the, this is the way we will make the difference that matters the most this is what our founders were referring to when they referred to us as a self-governed people our government is not of by and for the people right now they are of by and for themselves of by and for their biggest donors if we want to Uh, If we want to bring to fruition, make real the vision our founders had for us, we have to lift our voices. We have to exercise our freedoms. We have to make sure that we cast our votes and hold those accountable, responsible. These people who are there in office only serving themselves, everyone from the president on down, we have to fire them. Otherwise, there will be no change. If we want to bring about this change, we need to bring about leaders who really have a heart for the American people who are committed to the constitution and who wake up every day excited to serve the American people, not see how they can pad their pockets or the pockets of their loved ones. Right. Oh, well, that's, that's an interesting way to wrap that up. That's for sure. I, I think that the biggest thing for folks, what I want you guys to understand is this is our first show back in nearly, well, I was gone for 10 days. So it's been a little while since we've had a show. And, and, and the reason why it's so great to have Congresswoman Gabbard on is that you're hearing somebody who is that free thinker. And I'm not meaning like free thinker, like, hey, man, peace, love, hippies. <laughs> no, I'm not saying that. I might have just seen Jesus Revolution. Really good. Go see it. Shameless plug. Um, we're not talking about that. We're talking about somebody who is willing to have the dialogue, have the discussion. Uh, she's been on both sides uh, of the. I mean, really left the Democratic Party. And is seeing able to see things and articulate the view from from both angles, and that and that's so important. 
the problem we have is we have a disconnect and it's not just they wouldn't understand me because of my southern accent but more than <laughs> that, they wouldn't understand me because of the words i'm saying don't make any sense just say woman or female or um i can actually put together a sentence and not stumble they wouldn't be able to understand you and unfortunately that's where we sit right now and for the people of east palestine i think far too often the news moves too fast and so uh, that's still happening <laughs> they're dealing with that for quite a while and and it frustrates me that the president has not even made an attempt to go and his spokesperson tells me well the federal agencies are taking care of it and the point of the president sure how much can you do it's important to see your leader if i've i've been sold that he's the empath in chief so um, if you are the empath in chief maybe go empath with people um, and be able to shake their hands and talk to them. The former president took the yeah. time to do it. Congresswoman Gabbard took the time to do it. Apparently, the president would rather be, I don't know, in Ukraine for whatever reason. Uh, but anyway, not the point. See, I could go all day on this. I and know. You and me both, 40, buddy. That's, that's what we do for 40 <laughs> minutes. Well, I'll tell you what. If you want to go all day on this, and I'm talking to you in the crowd, you can do that. Saturday, March the 18th, Vision 24. What a lineup we've got for you. We've got Congresswoman Gabbard. We've got former governor of Arkansas, Asa Hutchinson. We've got former governor of South Carolina and presidential candidate, Nikki Haley. We've got Senator Tim Scott. We've got Senator Marsha Blackburn. We've got Senator John Kennedy. I am missing people, and I know it, and that is sad, but there's so many great people lined up, and we're trying to get a few more, wink, wink, nod, nod, to come join us in North Charleston on Saturday, March 18th. Doors will open at noon. Show kicks off at one. I can tell you we have a comedy routine at one o'clock. No, it's not going to be me, but we do have a comedy routine <laughs> at one o'clock that you're going to want to be there for. He's phenomenal, and he might just be one of the speakers. You'll have to wait and see. If you want to get tickets, you can go to palmettofamily.org. Click on the Vision 24 tab. You can get your ticket there. We still have plenty of general seating available, plenty of premium seating available. We just have a few VIP tickets left. So if you want a VIP ticket, chance to make your way over to the back room. You'll have a nice little gold name tag. Get a chance to enjoy some goodies and have a chance to meet Congresswoman Gabbard and plenty of others in that VIP area. Get a chance to talk to them about their views outside of just what they're saying on the stage, which is just as important. Get your tickets today. PalmettaFamily.org. Congresswoman Gabbard. We appreciate you joining us as we kick the show back off again and head toward Vision 24. I appreciate your time, uh, your ideas, your willingness to have the conversation at multiple different levels with multiple different people. We appreciate it, and we look forward to seeing you on March 18th. I know you were in. I know you're in South Carolina. I, I believe you were campaigning with Congresswoman Mace a couple months ago. That's exactly right. And obviously, you fell in love with Charleston. And so I, I love I love Charleston. Uh, my favorite ice cream shop is there. Off track ice cream. I am okay. not sponsored or paid, off, but <laughs> that that is my my must stop. Anytime I'm in Charleston, I, I stop by there and grab myself a little treat. Uh, but but in all seriousness, um, I am looking forward to getting back to South Carolina. I'm very much looking forward uh, to seeing all of you in person. So please come out. I'll be disappointed if you don't come out and say hello, or even better yet, say aloha. That would be great. You could say aloha to her. I'm still on Israel time biologically, so say shalom <laughs> if you would like. There you go. <laughs> um, you can do whatever. Off-track ice cream. I'm going to keep that in mind. Not a paid sponsor. 
not a paid sponsor, but shameless no. plug. And when we're down there, <laughs> I'll put you in the direction of plenty of other good restaurants and eateries. Being Sounds down good. Anytime. Sounds great. Congresswoman Gabbard, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Thank, thank you, you guys for watching, listening. You can click subscribe. Give us that five-star rating. That way we keep popping up and we will stay the fastest growing, strongest conservative talk show in the state of South Carolina, the Palmetto Family Matters Talk Show.